0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: February 11, 2020. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah.
0: Ears edition.
1: coming out. Thank you all for coming out. Let's do this thing, everybody. Take a seat. Let's make a show. I'm Trevor Noah. Our guest tonight is a multi-platinum selling artist from Washington, D.C. Wale is joining us, everybody! We're gonna be chatting about his latest album and then he's gonna be performing at the end of the show. So stay tuned. Also on tonight's episode, the New Hampshire primary is officially underway. The coronavirus is making Ronnie Chang sick and why cockroaches are the perfect gift for Valentine's Day. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with the big news, Equifax. Some people know them as a credit reporting agency. Others know them as a player hater that stops you from buying your couch. (laughs) Well, you may remember that they were at the heart of a massive data hack, and now we're finding out how it all went down. Good evening. It was one of the
0: biggest cyber attacks in history, stealing the personal information of nearly half of all Americans, from our social security numbers to birth dates. Now, in a stunning announcement, the U.S. Justice Department is accusing a branch of the Chinese military with the 2017 hack of the credit rating company Equifax.
2: The Chinese team hid their tracks by using 34 servers in nearly 20 countries. The FBI believes China also hacked Marriott, the U.S. government's personnel office, and insurance giant Anthem, as it builds a massive database on every American.
1: That's right, China is allegedly stealing people's private information to build a massive database on every American. And you know somewhere right now, Mark Zuckerberg is like, back off China, that's my thing. (laughs) But seriously though, I I don't understand this. Like, China is beating the U.S. in everything right now. Why would they steal Americans' information? And this is just to rub it in everyone's faces, you know? Just like, haha, I know the answers to your security questions. Your first car was a Kia. What a bitch! <laughs> What's even weirder is that they say China also may have hacked Marriott. And I mean, I get credit agencies, insurance companies, and the government, but why are they hacking hotels? What, are they just gonna tank the U.S. economy by adding charges to the minibar? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> no, because let's be honest. Like, everyone is just three loans away from bankruptcy. We're out. <laughs> those minibars don't play. And I know some people were saying that China's doing this so that they can steal Americans' identities. Yeah, but if that's true, the joke's on them because half of Americans are in debt. Yeah, so if the Chinese steal those identities, it's gonna backfire. It's like, I am Brian Taylor now. It's like, okay, Brian Taylor, you owe Verizon $400. No! All right, moving on to some education news. Every public school struggles to raise money for its students and teachers, but a fundraiser at one elementary school in California might have backfired.
2: Disney sent a $250 bill to a California elementary school after it showed last year's remake of The Lion King at a PTA fundraiser. On Thursday, a Berkeley elementary school received a letter from Disney's licensing agent, and the letter ordered the school to pay the money for screening the movie last November without a license.
1: The Disney place wanted some money because they own, like, all of the movies. They showed the movie that they own, so they want the $250. They kind of want the $250. Oh, no, young man. Disney doesn't kind of want the $250. Disney's gonna get the $250. Yeah, right now somewhere Yoda is like, my money bitch better have. <laughs> so yeah, Disney sent a $250 bill to an elementary school for showing The Lion King. Meanwhile, the producers of Cats are giving $250 to every school <laughs> that shows their film. Please play the movie. Plays the movie. Please, you can use this instead of spanking the kids. We're not monsters. Now I'm like, this is what's getting, I'm sure there are many schools in America that play Disney movies and don't get busted. So what I want to know is, who snitched? <laughs> huh? Is there like one kid who had one of those toy phones that calls Mickey Mouse directly? Who was just like, Mickey, I got some valuable information. <laughs> Mickey was like, Whoa, I'm on the way. I'm gonna break some kneecaps. <laughs> it's like, who is this kid? All right, and finally, Valentine's Day is just three days away. So first of all, if you were planning to break up with someone, too late, now you have to wait another week. But if you've already been broken up with, here's a little gift you can get for your ex.
0: Valentine's Day fast approaching and we have the perfect idea for a very unique gift or a way to get back at an ex. The Bronx (laughs) Zoo is once again letting people name a Madagascar hissing cockroach after their partner. That gift will only cost you 15 bucks. If you're looking for a way to feel better about a recent breakup, zoos in San Antonio and El Paso, Texas will name a cockroach (laughs) after your ex. Then check this out. You can watch a live stream of that roach being fed to an animal.
1: Really? Really? Man, I feel bad for the cockroaches. They can survive a nuclear war, but they can't survive Alan and Janet's Saturday at Ikea? Really? And I'm sorry but anyone who does this deserves to get dumped. They deserved it. Yeah, because you clearly don't know how to deal with your feelings. It's like, Melissa thinks I'm too emotional? Well, I'll show her by making a cockroach die. (laughs) Also, what a cumbersome way to get revenge on your ex. Like, because they won't know it happened, (laughs) right? Unless you tell them. It's not like they're gonna be somewhere like, oh no, a cockroach with my name just died. You're gonna have to call your ex and let them know what you did. Is that the plan? Just be like, guess what, Susan? I named a cockroach after you, then a lizard ate it. It's like, uh, okay, Greg, I just had my third kid with the guy I left you for. Okay, so, so we're both good then, huh? Three kids, okay, bye. Hello, Bronx Zoo, I need three more cockroaches, please. Also, can we admit that this is a scam that the zoo is running? Buy a roach from them and they'll kill it? No. You can just find a cockroach in your own apartment, yeah name it after your ex, and then start dating it. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. (laughs) New Hampshire, it's the state always asking Vermont to do something about the weed smell. But today, (laughs) they were the state holding the second Democratic primary. And because normally the most exciting thing to do in New Hampshire is watch mountains grow, election day gets the people going like nothing else
0: after months of campaigning and millions of dollars in tv ads it all comes down to this voters here in new hampshire already heading to the polls overnight in new hampshire the first votes were cast in the granite state as they've done for decades the tiny town of Dixville notch went to the polls at midnight we were in exeter new hampshire At the town hall there, it was beyond capacity. People have been coming in here all day. They've been lined up since 5 a.m. this morning. They vote for sport here in New Hampshire. I have
2: voted for Warren. Steyer. Why? He's cute. No, he seems like he can tackle Trump. I voted for Bernie. Um, I voted for Amy Klobuchar. Tell me why. Uh, I actually went in and eeny, meeny, miny, moed it. You're kidding me. No, between two candidates. Literally in the booth. In the booth. Whoa. (laughs) Eeny,
1: meeny, miny, moe? <laughs> That's not how you should pick your potential future president. Although it is how the president picks his spray tan shade for the day. <laughs> and it's like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Ooh, creme brulee, sounds fancy. So fancy. <laughs> so, New Hampshire voters spent the day carefully deciding who they want to be the Democratic nominee. But of course, none of the votes matter if they aren't counted correctly, <laughs> Iowa. Luckily. <laughs> According to state officials, they've got this thing under control. New Hampshire's Secretary of State Bill
0: Gardner, he told us he slept well last night and today's voting will be simple and secure.
2: Keep it simple. Keep the moving parts the smallest number you can.
0: Could this be hacked in any way? It
2: can't hack a pencil. How many
0: apps do you have involved in this process?
2: Oh, we don't have any apps involved in any of the tabulating of the comments. No apps. No app.
1: It's an app-free election. You can guarantee that. Yes. You know, it's funny how a few years ago, people were like, guys, we need to vote with our phones. It's the future. But now, thanks to the disaster in Iowa, it's like we're going back to how our forefathers did this, okay? Everyone gets one rock and we put it in a jar. Yeah! Then our slaves count the rocks. What? Oh, too far back? Too far? Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Too far back. For more on New Hampshire's big day, we go now to our correspondent who is live in the Granite State right now, Michael Costa. everybody! (laughs) Michael... You're on the ground in New Hampshire. What is the energy like? Hey, Trevor, I am not going to
0: lie. Today's been pretty stressful for the Democratic candidates. In fact, Joe Biden was so tense, he gave himself a surprise massage. (laughs) Well, it makes sense, Costa, because thanks to Iowa, there's so much more riding on this primary. Well, and not only that, but the candidates have had only one week to completely change their cultural messaging, because Iowa is mostly white people, but New Hampshire is mostly...
1: White people. Kosta, I don't don't get the difference. Mm. It sounds like both states are just a bunch of white people. Wow. Trevor, just a bunch of white people?
0: That is so insulting. First off, it's not a bunch. The collective noun for white people is a gluten of white people. And second, white people are not a monolith. We are a rich tapestry of ethnic diversity. Let, Let me show you on my Caucasian color wheel, okay? Now, see, the... The New Hampshire white people fall here in the eggshell section, while the Iowa whites are all the way over here in the oatmeal cream section. Uh, Costa, that's just basically a blank circle. White is not blank, Trevor. Zero is not nothing. Free to go is not innocent of all charges, although you you do hear that a lot when you're white. I mean... How would you feel if I said there was no difference between black people in South Africa and black people in... Uh, what's another country with black people? Well, there's this one. Okay, okay. This one? I never heard of
1: it, but I'm sure this one is a beautiful country. Okay, look, Costa, I'm not saying there's no difference. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how the candidates campaign differently in New Hampshire versus Iowa it's a totally different ballgame. For-for
0: example, in Iowa, you can say, it's great to be here in Iowa, but that's not gonna fly in New
1: Hampshire. Yeah, you're right, that does seem like a challenge.
0: And then there's the voters. Remember, you're talking to very different groups of people. Iowans are rural, while New Hampshireites are not urban, okay, Iowans, Iowans are blue collar, but New Hampshireians are working class. Plus, Iowans call it pop, and New Hampshireinos
1: call it soda. They're basically different planets. I I, I don't know about that, Michael. A lot of people don't agree with your assessment. For instance, how would you respond to the criticism that these predominantly white states aren't the best states to kick off the primaries? Because these candidates could be starting in a more representative state of the country, like like California or or Florida. I, I hear what you're saying, Trevor. And yes, Iowa and New Hampshire are white.
0: But hear me out. They're all so boring as hell, okay? And that's what we want. We don't want our candidates going to fun states like Florida or California. If you got to spend a year campaigning in Miami, everyone would be running for president. But if you're willing to spend a year eating bland food in sub-zero temperatures, pretending to care about how big a pumpkin is, that's how I know you really want to be president, okay? And that's why the road to the White House has to go through here, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, No, Costa, you're in New Hampshire. What? Uh, Who cares? These places are all the (laughs) same anyway. Michael Costa, everybody. We'll be right back.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to The Daily Show. Some news stories help us understand the world we live in. And some news stories are just stupid. For those, we turn to Ronnie Chang.
2: Thanks, Trevor. The coronavirus is not just making people sick, it's also making people stupid. And the misinformation going around online is even more viral than the disease. With coronavirus spreading rapidly around China and parts of the world, social media companies are now
0: faced with another problem, misinformation.
2: Fake alerts suggesting that Chinese Red Bull, fortune cookies, or meager ring noodles could give you coronavirus. All of those fake. One false claim said that drinking bleach could cure the virus. Eating garlic, rinsing your nose
0: with saline, or putting on uh, sesame oil help prevent the virus.
2: Really? Some people think eating garlic and sesame oil will prevent the disease. If that was true, no Chinese person would have it, okay? (laughs) That's not a treatment for us, that's breakfast. (laughs) It's like if a pandemic broke out in Rome and they were like, don't worry, you can't get the disease as long as you eat plenty of ravioli. (laughs) And obviously drinking bleach isn't gonna cure the virus. It's just gonna get the stains out, you idiots. (laughs) And the coronavirus isn't just creating misinformation, it's also creating a lot of stupid ass racism. The coronavirus outbreak has led to complaints about a rise in anti-Chinese sentiment around the world. In France, for example, a regional newspaper has had to apologize for this headline that used the phrase, yellow alerts. While scenes like this one you're about to see here are widespread of people appearing to cover their face just because they're sitting next to someone who's Asian.
0: CNBC is reporting that Lyft and Uber drivers are refusing to pick up passengers with Asian-sounding last names out of fear of the coronavirus, saying it isn't safe to pick up those riders.
2: Okay, wait, so Uber drivers aren't picking up passengers with Asian-sounding names because they're afraid of the coronavirus? Yo, if anyone's taking a health risk in an Uber, it's me, okay? (laughs) Getting in the backseat of your Nissan Sentra? Yo, this one time I was in an Uber pool with the monkey that started Ebola was crazy. I mean, he lived all the way on the other side of town. Also, it must be tough for racist drivers who discriminate based on Asian sounding last names because they'll be like, Robert E. Lee. Nah, I can't risk it. (laughs) The point is we gotta stop thinking of this as an Asian virus, okay? Yes, it started in Asia, but any human can spread it. So if you're gonna be a dick about it, you gotta avoid all people, okay? That's why I spent the weekend at a Tom Steyer rally. He didn't, even he didn't show up. But what's really stupid is people who seem to care less about the health crisis and more about when they're gonna get their stuff. Tesla tanking, it was announced that its model three shipments for February would be delayed due to its Shanghai factory being shut down and the coronavirus fears. 75% of hockey sticks
0: used in the NHL are made in China. Those factories have stopped production to slow the spread of the virus. The coronavirus could slow shipments of the iPhone. Many of the phones, along with Apple's iPad, are shipped from China's Wuhan area. Consumers could see a delay of one to two weeks in getting their phones if the virus isn't contained soon.
2: (sighs) Oh no, you're gonna have to wait 10 extra days to get your iPhone. I'm sorry all these people dying is making it harder for you to take night shots of your dog. And so what if your Tesla's delayed? Just take a Uber this week, okay? Unless you're Asian, in which case you're shit out of luck, okay? I mean, have fun going alone to the airport, Ebola monkey. Wow, Ronnie, I'm not gonna lie, this seems to be a real problem. Yeah, I know, why is the Ebola monkey even flying? Like, where's he going? He's not wearing a mask, it's like he doesn't give a f- No, 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 I, I mean, you don't seem to be worried about
1: the disease itself.
2: Is there any reason people should be concerned? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, of, of course. I mean, it's a serious illness, and it's a serious problem. But in the United States, there's only 13 confirmed cases, okay? The greater danger here is the stupid racism. There's no reason to be weird around Asian people. Right, I guess, yeah, because statistically, they probably don't have the virus. Exactly. Don't stereotype Asian people. Also, there's a good chance there are doctors, so they can help you out if you are worried, okay?
1: <laughs> Ronnie check, everyone. We'll be right back. Daily Show. My guest tonight is a Grammy-nominated recording artist whose latest album is called Wow, That's Crazy. Please welcome Wale. Welcome to The Daily Show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It is such a pleasure to have you here because I think there are a few uh, artists, never mind rappers, just artists who have as wide of, a, of an appeal as you do. There's not many people who can say their fans include President Barack Obama and Jerry Seinfeld. That is quite a range that's, that's, of, of fans. Did you, did you ever think that would happen in your life?
3: I might have just realized it just now. <laughs> Might have just, just realized, that's crazy, right? That,
1: that must have been wild for you, especially, like, because, like, Jerry, for those who know Jerry Seinfeld, like, he's, he's notorious for only doing what he wants to do. He doesn't like what he doesn't like, and he likes what he likes. Right. He loved your music, and he was like, I'm going to do something with you. Yeah. And he did, like, interludes on your album. Mm-hmm. And you named, your, you named that mixtape, was an album about nothing.
3: So when I was, when I was coming up, I did a mixtape about nothing, right? Right. That's when I just was just, like, quitting my job and doing this full time. Then I dropped a mixtape called More About Nothing when I had first signed the Interscope. And then, uh, you know, the fans was like, can you do an album about nothing, do an album about nothing? And then my mind, I'm like, damn, I got to ask Jerry Seinfeld to do our, to do original content. Because I was using the show. Right. The right. I was like, I got to ask him to do original content. But we got about, like, maybe, like, eight hours of Jerry talking. Are you serious? Yeah, to make the, to make the album about nothing. Make sure if you don't got that, make sure you get that. Too. That is amazing. I got to promote, promote my stuff. I, that is amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah, so here you are in this world. Jerry Seinfeld is a friend and a fan. And then... On top of that, you have Barack Obama, who's like, no, I would like Wale to come and perform at the White House before the State of the Union. Yeah. What is that experience even
3: like? I'm pretty tight, right? It's like, nah, um, I was nervous. I mean, maybe it was because it was out of convenience, because I live in DC and the White House is not too far. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea that you think Barack Obama was working off
1: convenience at that time. Where he was just like, uh, which rapper is close? Mm. Uh, (laughs) uh, um, No, I I think he got you because he was a fan of yours. And I I think it's because of... I think it's because of what you rap about. You know, like you, you've been you've been lauded as 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 a rapper who, who isn't just great at making music, but your music also contains themes that, that that really connect with so many people. You're talking about toxic masculinity. You're talking about economic anxiety. You're talking about what people are going through. Right. Why would you even We're go into that? We're
3: pretty messed up as people anyway. Most of us, most of us rappers, we pretty messed up. Right, men in the whole as a whole, like females, messed up. But we can get that later. Like. But, um, <laughs> No, you know it's just about balance. I write. I, I like to write in real time. Like I'll, I'll, I'll peek my head into the pop culture or uh-huh, uh-huh. what's going on in our communities, and then I just get inspired to write. So if that's what I'm feeling, the energy is like. It's a combination of like what's going on on social media, what's going on outside in right. real time, what's going on in sports, a little bit of politics. It's kind of depressing when I look at it, look at that. But I try to take all of these things and just write it in real time.
1: When you move from one album to another. You've always got that balance between catering to the fans that loved you from the beginning and then creating something new that you want to go into as an artist. How did you find that balance and what made this album album different?
3: Well, creating something new keeps gives you your sanity as a as an artist or a right. creator. You know what I'm saying? I do what I like, I do what I feel, but I'm also very in tune with what my fans like. I'm always trying to listen to how, what they feel about everything.
1: Oh, well, we're excited to have it. You're gonna be performing two songs on the show right off the break. So I urge everybody to stay tuned. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Amen.